Welcome to OB Boss Babes, where we showcase female entrepreneurs, working professionals, community builders, and local makers and creators. Our podcast is all about babe supporting babes, learning about community builders, and of course, female empowerment. Get inspired to the only podcast in the Ottawa Valley that showcases local babes in our community and join our tribe of boss babes where everyone is welcome. SADC Pontiac Community Futures Development Corporation works with businesses and local communities to help create local employment, support economic growth, and encourage business development. Their team of professionals are highly experienced in community development, finance, business marketing, and management. Whether you are self-employed, small business owner, or a manager of a multinational, the SADC Pontiac can help you in the startup, expansion, management, and implementation of your business on MRC Pontiac territory. Contact their office at 819-683-3733 or visit their website at sadcpontiac.ca for more info. Hello, 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 and welcome to the OV Boss Babes podcast. Welding is one of the most essential jobs in numerous industries all over the world. It plays a significant role in the creation of vehicles, airplanes, office buildings, basically anything that's made out of metal. It's also no surprise that there are more people that are becoming welders due to the massive scope of the job and more women are starting to enter this trade. And they are torching the glass ceiling in this male-dominated world. And this babe isn't just picking up a welder and working her magic. She's also teaching young female students who are thinking of trying something new and unorthodox for their career while co-owning a custom metal business. Please welcome Megan Tubman from B&M Custom Metal in Bristol, Quebec to OV Boss Babes. Hi. Hi, Megan. How are you doing on this Monday morning? I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you. Megan, I'm going to tell you right now, when I first researched your business, I have no idea about welding. I still don't know anything about it. So I'm really looking to your direction to educate myself and my listeners all about this industry. Great. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Megan. Where are you from originally and what brought you to the Pontiac? Well, actually, I was born and raised in, uh, in Shovel. Uh, and we had a farm growing up uh, just outside of Shovel in Clarendon. And I went to school in uh, in the Pontiac as well at Pontiac High School in McDowell. So, uh, yeah, just uh, born and raised, and I stayed in the area after I went to post secondary school. I came back to the area. Where did you go to post secondary school? I went to Algonquin in Ottawa. Oh, and, nice! Yeah. So you ventured out, got to go to the big city, and then what made you want to come back? Just you loved home. Yeah, I, I stayed in the city for a little bit um, for the probably the first semester or so. Um, I wasn't really my thing. So I decided after the first semester to start commuting back and forth to uh, to school. So I, uh, I enjoyed being home more. I enjoyed uh, the farm life and the, the, I guess, the recreational part of it and stuff like that. It was just more my thing. And uh, I didn't mind the driving. So that's what I did for the most of the time when I was going to school in Ottawa. How long of a drive was that? That must have been long. Oh, uh, just over an hour each way. 
Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's no different than people who are driving from Pembroke or Renfrew to CNL or, or, you know, from us going to Ottawa too. So exactly. yeah, not a big deal. It's too bad though, that uh, remote access wasn't a thing back then. Cause that could have no. saved just some gas. No, no, no. Dial up wasn't uh, the best thing back then. So so Megan, what initially drew you to welding? Like, was this something that you grew up doing with your dad? No, it wasn't anything I grew up uh, doing with my dad. We were uh, on the farm. We did the odd little thing here and there when we needed to. We did have a welder there, uh, but he definitely wasn't a welder. Uh, we had some family members. I had a couple uncles that were, but uh, wasn't greatly involved. But uh, it was more that it was uh, offered to me through the school. And that caught my uh, interest when I was uh, going into grade 10. So Megan, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in grade nine in high school and I took something called a shop class. And I don't know if it's the same in Quebec as it is in Ontario, but that was a course that I believe was mandatory for students to take back in high school. And then I think that you could like take even an advanced course like that later on in like grade 10 or 11, like if that was something that you really wanted to pursue as a career. And I'll never forget going into that class on the first day being like, this is so stupid. Like this should be an option. I do not want to take this class. Like I'm never going to do anything with it. And I remember loving it. And it was because of my teacher for one, he really, he really made all the students, you know, excited about all these projects because we were doing things in carpentry and engineering and being able to like actually create something from start to finish and something that you were actually like super, super proud of. And I'll never forget coming home with like a homemade wooden jewelry box that I had made and a CD holder. And uh, I mean, not that they were necessarily all that good, but I was so proud because I had made it myself from scratch. And literally it was like one of my favorite courses. Like it was so fun. And it was something that I just, I felt so empowered about because I was like, I made this. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really nice to be able to have that tangible item in your hands and bring that at home and show it off, like, especially when you're young, right? So it's, uh, it makes you feel, you know, feel good and feel important when you actually have something you made and you worked hard at. Was this like mandatory that we like that we had to take this in school or was this like an option? Uh, it's an option course. Uh, it, it's sort of mandatory. So you have to choose an option course. And um, back when I was actually going through it, you, we had a little bit of carpentry, uh, but we only could take it first semester. And then we had arts, uh, we had, uh, did we have drama back then? I think we had some drama and theater and stuff like that. And then the welding was a full integrated. So it was kind of like, if you wanted to do welding, you had to commit for the full year because it changed your whole, your whole outlook on your schooling and stuff like that, because you were switching out of your core subjects as well to integrate into the welding subjects. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you took this in school and then is this what kind of kickstarted the inspiration then for you wanting to take welding down the road? Yeah. Yeah. And is this what you went to school for? Like for, uh, at Algonquin? I, I actually, I applied to be an architect. I went to the orientation and the day of the orientation, I actually changed my mind and I switched out. I'm like, I just don't want to sit at a desk and draw. Like it's cool. I, I enjoy doing it, but I want I don't want to do that 40 hours a week. So I was looking at the pamphlets and I seen uh, construction and civil engineering technology. And I read up on the courses and stuff like that. And it seemed to be more hands-on, more involved with like going out in the field and project management and stuff like that, where opposed to just office work. So I, I last minute I changed my mind 
and I applied to do the civil and construction engineering at Algonquin. Now, how many females would you say were in your class with you? Like, did you find that they were, they were very scarce? Yeah, back then, yeah. I probably, the first semester, there was probably about 100 students in the class. And I would say maybe four or five female. Really, eh? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me because it was, it's, it was, and it still is like such a male dominated industry, but I mean, and we are going to talk about this later about how more women are entering the trades, but, um, how did you feel about that back then? Like, were you kind of like nervous? Were you kind of intimidated a little bit or were you like, I'm a, I know what I'm doing. No, not overly because, uh, I was greatly involved like on the farm and stuff with my dad and I pretty well everywhere he went, I went. And again, farming too was a male dominant industry as well so I had that exposure so I wasn't nervous like I I I had a good you know idea what to expect and what not to expect so I I wasn't nervous at all I would say I was uh, glad to kind of you know I can do this I can show people you know what I can do so yeah so then you moved back home and then what happened from there did you start initially your business or did you did you go into the trades and start working like what did you do um, well, actually, uh, funny story. Um, uh, when, while I was going to Algonquin, uh, the teacher that uh, was teaching the welding program hired me on in the summertime. So right out, out of high school, I worked weekends and any holidays or whatever I had or any summertime off for him through the time I was going to, uh, to Algonquin College. So I got hired right, right out of high school, actually, where I stayed for 15 years. So I went and I did my post-secondary and then I stayed with that company till it closed in 2019. So was so. this when you got the idea then to form your own business? Um, well, I met my husband. He was the son of my teacher slash boss. So I met my husband there. And uh, when the business closed, uh, he did, my husband was looking for another job and it was kind of scarce at the time. He didn't know what he wanted to do. He, he was a lifelong Thing he was building with his father and he didn't know if he wanted to stay in the welding industry or he always wanted to drive truck so um he looked for a job for a while and uh then he's like you know what i'm just going to do my own thing and i'm like okay well we have to do something we have to get some finances in here so we decided to uh open up uh bnm and uh, kind of uh integrate the welding and stuff into it along with other services I feel like your life has lined up so well from like going to school and then finding a job right afterwards, meeting your husband. Like it's a domino effect, Megan. Yeah. Yeah. It all integrates pretty, pretty smoothly. It does. Yeah. All right. So you guys decide to go into business together. Now, how long has B&M Custom Metal been in business for? Uh, We opened it in 2019. Oh, 2019. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So still fairly new then. Yes. Yes. We're still adapting. We're still growing. Uh, this year has also been a big year for us. We've adapted to our clientele a little bit, uh, or we're trying to, we're trying to slowly grow. Um, but I think this year, the third year in uh, has been our biggest year yet. Really? Wow. That's awesome. Have you guys found like a shortage of inventory with metal and everything because of the pandemic? Uh, no, but, uh, financially it's really gone up. Like, uh, compared to 10 years ago, what we were like, I used to be an estimator and stuff like that. And I knew the prices. Uh, compared to 10 years ago, the prices were to today, uh, at least quadrupled. So like, um, a lot of people are like, oh no, that's really expensive, but it's, I think it's everywhere across the board when it comes to construction. So it's everywhere across the board with 
everything, even like hair supplies, like food, obviously gas, although we're finally seeing gas prices going down. I never thought in a million years would be so grateful to see a a buck 40. (laughs) I was excited to see it under a buck 50 yesterday. So, oh man, like the times we're living in so crazy. It's, it's been a, it's been a weird two years. Now, what's your involvement? Like, what do you all oversee and manage, especially because you're also a teacher at the Pontiac High School, which we're going to get into a little later. Uh, I try to stay more in the background uh, with my husband. I uh, I do a little bit of estimating and ordering for him. Uh, he's more out there doing the welding uh, gig of it and the trucking. He does a little bit of trucking and stuff like that. I try to stay more in the background. And if he needs any design work done or uh, I do his books, help him with books and stuff like that so I guess more administration I would say in in the long run but when he needs a hand I I definitely give him a hand if he needs it so now metal fabrication is a crucial part of commercial industrial and structural manufacturing but what exactly is metal fabrication and what are some of the examples of some of the creations that you guys have created well metal fabrication has a lot of steps to it um it uh, involves a lot of uh, site visits, um, uh, site measurements, stuff like that, design work. Um, then you get into the, the prep, uh, the, or sorry, the estimating and the ordering, your cutoff list, you get into the prep of it, your uh, shop drawings. So it's a full assembly line that a lot of people just don't realize. Um, then you have your finishing, your sandblasting, your painting, your loading, your, and then you bring it to site and you have to assemble the 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 structure or whatever it is that you're building. So um, it takes a lot. And I also try my best to not just teach my students that too well, but I also try to teach them, you know, all the other little areas that they might not understand or realize that's involved in the welding. And I always tell them, if you can't build it, or you can't weld it, if you can't build it. Mm. So um yeah, uh, it's just, there's a big involvement and I, I try to show all aspects to them. And for projects that I've done over the years, uh, we've done a lot of work in Hull Gatineau, uh, also in Ottawa. Uh, the stained glass structure, I think a lot of people have seen in uh, in uh, Hull, uh, in the, on the Maisonneuve, I believe the, the it's placed. Um, it's, we built that probably about 15 years ago. Uh, we also were involved in Rideau Hall, the greenhouse in Ottawa. We did uh, we did uh, restoration on that, and then we did the Queen Ferry. Some people, local people, might know about that. We did the Queen Ferry. That was a pretty big project that I was involved in, and then we did a lot of work in hydro dams, uh, pulp and paper mills uh, throughout, like Hull, Gatineau, Thurso. Uh, we did a lot like the hydro dams. We were involved with Hydro Quebec, Brookfield. Ottawa, uh, I think Ottawa one, I think it's called. So we did a, we were, we were a little bit everywhere, but lots of heavy structural work. And those are some big projects too, Megan. Definitely brag worthy for sure. (laughs) It's pretty cool to be able to go through the city and be like, Hey, I built that. Yeah. Like I did that like 20 years ago. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And now that I have children and I've drive them, like we're going shopping for the day. It's like, did you know mommy and daddy built that? And they're like, really? So it's pretty cool to be able to share that with my children. Darn right it is. Now, how dangerous is welding? Because I imagine that like, there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on, but if everything's done right, I don't think it's too dangerous. Like 
if you if you neglect to follow the protocols and the safety aspects and neglect to wear your PPE and stuff like that, you can get injuries and stuff like that. But if you do it right and you follow the steps and take your time and you have the right ventilation or workspace and stuff like that, I think I think it's totally safe. It's like anything though, right? As yeah. long as you've got the proper equipment, the proper gear, like you said, the proper PPE, like you're fine. And as long as you're following the right steps and yeah. you're not distracted, you don't got your headphones on, like not that you exactly. really, not that you could exactly. really hear anything when you're doing it anyways, but still just keeping focus. Exactly. Yeah. You also offer repairs on heavy equipment, farm machinery, and structural welding jobs. So what kinds of work does this all include? I would do a lot of work on like rebuilds of buckets and stuff like that for heavy equipment, like excavators and backhoes and stuff. Cause they're, they're, they're always wearing out from working in the ground and digging up rocks and stuff like that. So we do a lot of rebuilds and uh, refacing of those. And then um, we do a lot of repairs to, let's say like the boom or something cracked because of the heavy vibrations or whatever. So we do a little minor repairs like that on there. And then structural, we can, uh, we're able to, um, once the building's up, we're not allowed to provide the building, but once the building's up and any modifications that need to be done, we're able to go in and uh, do the modification accordingly to the, to the engineering drawings. Do you guys offer in-house finishing as well? Uh, what do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just reading about it online. So, you know what, we'll just skip. Oh, like painting and stuff. Like Maybe we, we try to adapt the best we can. We can, we do paint some stuff for uh, people if it's a small item or we uh, shop it out to, to an actual painter. And then we, we finish, like if we do a little railing or a gate for a customer, um, we do, uh, we can finish it like to the, to the client's specs. Okay. Well, that, yeah. that that's what it must mean then. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you work with customers to create some custom pieces? Because I I can't even imagine all the different projects that you guys must have been asked to do for customers specifically. Like I saw like a metal, um, a metal fire pit was one of them. Yes. Yeah. So usually what I do is I meet with the clients and then I, we discuss what their, their idea is. And I show them some examples of stuff I've done. Um, sometimes they present me with stuff they found like on Pinterest or something like that and say, can you do something close to that? I'm like, yeah, I could try. And then I, um, I give them a, a quote, of course, and then we go back and forth and I provide them templates of uh, designs and stuff like that till they approve what they, they think they like best. And then we go from there. And you guys have to also be a little creative and artistic too, Megan, because I saw like specifically in this fire pit, like there are some designs in there and like, do you have, it's such a silly question, but do you have like stencils or outlines or something, you know, of how like you follow along? I, I draw it all by, if they uh, provide me with an image, I draw it all on AutoCAD by hand and, oh, okay. uh, and then uh, save it as a, a file to get a laser cut or CNC cut. So um, yeah, I try to like, every time like uh, I do a bench or a memorial bench for a client or something like that, I always ask what the person in memory, what their uh, interests were to try to adapt the, uh, the bench and stuff to be more personal to, to the family. And then I just, I, I draw, I draw images out by hand on, on the computer. Now what happens if you screw it up? Just keep working at it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Just keep going. Well, you operated just like a regular computer with the mouse and stuff. And it's all uh, hundreds of lines that you, oh, okay. so you can you constantly edit it and stuff like that. And you can adapt it and scale it. And um, the lettering is usually easier because the program can allows you to type it in and uh, it allows you to do a little bit of tweaking to it uh, to cut out the lettering. But like images themselves, if someone wanted a picture or a portrait of like a, their horse or uh, I don't know, a chainsaw or something like that may interest them. I try to draw it out myself and I, I like to draw. So I, I find uh, I've been drawing since I was a child. So I'm, it's easy for me, yeah. I guess I should say. Ah, yeah. so you've got this then. Yeah. Now for many women, welding in the trades are not really presented to us at, as an option at a young age, and it's been typically targeted towards men. Now for women, especially Megan, there's a, there's a stigma about entering the trades that they can't do it or they shouldn't do it. And then there's also the fear of entering a male dominated industry. So what's it been like being a woman in what has primarily been a male dominated environment for so many years? I find it great. Uh, I, I like to kind of show off what I can do. I like encouraging other other women to, uh, you know, get their hands dirty and say like, you know, anyone can do it. It's not a he or she job. Uh, many hands make light work. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm very comfortable in it. I've always been comfortable. And um, I've had a few incidents, I guess, over the years where I've had to kind of prove my thing. But uh, for the most part, most people are very understanding and they're very impressed that uh, they see a woman, uh, see women actually doing it now and they see the results and stuff like that. Cause uh, like, I'm not uh, trying to be, you know, one-sided, but I find my female students are more attentive on some subject, like on some details uh, when, when doing finishing and stuff like that, they want to look presentable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to know too, the initial response from customers when they find out that a woman is behind the B and M initials, have you dealt with like any difficult customers too, Megan, that have maybe challenged your skill set? Uh, not, no, not recently. No. When what do you mean younger, not recently? Maybe? So you have though. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, like years ago, I guess when I, maybe it was an age thing too. I don't know if it was a women in the trades or if it was a young kid, like, cause like I've been welding since I've been 14. So uh, having an older gentleman or something come in and ask me to fix something and walking up to them being a girl and 15 and doing it maybe they weren't comfortable I don't know I don't know if it was uh, both maybe combined together I'm not sure so but mm. yeah I've ran into a few I, things but I just smile and you know show them what I can do and because I know, yeah, like I know when I had Valerie Hiska from Your Independent Grocer here in, in Petawawa, she's had customers that have come up and asked to speak to the owner and she was, she's been like, well, I'm the owner, I'm the owner of the yeah. grocery store. And then we're like, no, no, no. Like I, I want to speak to like, like the man. And she's like, I'm the owner, the end period. Like that is me. Like, yeah. I'm just wondering too, like if anyone's ever been like, wait, oh yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no where where's your husband like is your husband not behind this kind of thing and I'm just I find that like it's almost like a power trip you know what I mean yeah. like yeah oh my I, gosh. I've had an incident in the past where I was uh project managing and stuff like that and I had a customer walk in by me and I'm like oh can I help you sir and they're like nope then they walk ahead on through and then they talk to an older gentleman closer to their age and then I just ignore and keep doing what I'm doing and then you can see my colleague or whatever point and be like, you got to talk to her. And then they come back. I'm like, can I help you now, sir? Like, 
I just, I just smile through it because mm -hmm. there's, there's no point of getting upset. That's you right. So, ah, you just kill them with a smile. Now yeah, can I help exactly. you? I like that actually yeah. better. So I'm, yeah. Now can I help you out? Exactly. Yeah. And B&M Custom Metal just received its CWB certification, which to the average person might not mean anything to, but it's a pretty big deal because this certifies companies, inspectors, and welding consumables with a high level status. So Megan, tell us more about the certification and what the process was like to become officially CWB certified. So it's a, it was a pretty long process. It took us about a year, close to a year to actually get it finalized. Um, what sped up the process for us that Bud already had his welding supervisors uh, course. So you have to take that course to actually certify your company. So it's like going to school almost. He already had that and it carries through uh, with him like a, like a diploma, I would say. Okay. And then we applied for it. Uh, they asked us what our scope of work was, what we wanted to do, and then they approve it. And then we had to reach out to welding engineers to uh, construct and uh, provide us with what they call welding processes. And uh, then we had to send those back to the CWB for review and approval. And then once that was done, we had to do an audit. So to make sure that all our stuff was up to par, that we were doing everything correctly, so on and so forth. And then we had to do practical testing to make sure that we can still weld. And then oh my gosh, to... that's a lengthy process. How long yeah. did that take? Yeah. I would say it took close to nine or 10 months before it was totally finalized between back and forth of the engineers and the, the association and the testing and the audits and stuff. It, it was, I would say a good nine, 10 months before we got it all said and done. So it's very similar to like an organization getting accredited or something like that, right? Yeah, it's a big deal. Like it's, it, it's a nice ticket to have or a nice certification to have because it proves that we can do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not just some guy that, you know, welded for a week and then he continued to do it because, you know, in his backyard and stuff. And I'm not saying that they can't weld, but this gives us that, you know, we know what we're doing. Yeah. You know, so it gives us that little bit of uh, foundation to stand on, I, I should say. And is it a lifetime certification too, or do you guys have to like renew it after a certain amount of time? Uh, so when you're doing CWB, um, the certification, you, it, you have to pay once a year uh, to keep up your certifications, like anything, like your license or anything. And uh, every second year, we have to do a practical test to, to refresh and make sure that our welding skills are up to par. And so it's, a, it's an ongoing thing, but which is good. Thanks for tuning into the OV Boss Babes podcast. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. If your hens stop laying or your cows go dry, go to M&R Feeds and Farm Supply. Tools for the garden, litter for the cat, rubber boots for the missus because she likes it like that. There's three locations if you're driving around, Mixburg, Shawville, and Pembroke Town. Prices are low and values high at M&R Feeds and Farm Supply. The grass will always be greener on your side with Quality Seeds brand lawn seed lime and fertilizers from M&R. At M&R Feeds and Farm Supply. Hi, I'm Nadia Party, real estate broker, former military member, and military spouse. 
I'm Nicole Walters, sales representative and military spouse. And I'm Kelly Silkey, sales representative, born and raised right here in the Ottawa Valley. We are the Valley Relocation Team at Century 21 Aspire Realty Limited. Together, we have over 24 years combined award-winning service and are the number 14 team Canada-wide with Century 21 Canada for units sold in 2021. We have helped hundreds of military and civilian families buy and sell their residential homes. We've also helped many investors move up the real estate ladder. Whether you are new to the market or are an experienced investor, we have the expertise, proven track record, and resources to help you achieve your real estate goals. This competitive market can be difficult to navigate. Use our experience to your advantage. Buyers, let us guide you to that winning bid. Sellers, let us help you get the best possible price and terms for your home. Contact Nadia at 613-401-2308. Nicole at 613-401-2045, Kelly at 613-559-1053, or find us at valleyrelocationteam.com. Looking for a job in Renfrew or Lanark County? The Labour Market Group of Renfrew and Lanark has launched the most comprehensive job board in the region, pulling from over 35 different job sites with an interactive map to show you the resources surrounding each job, from childcare to grocery stores and more. And with additional tools, such as our Career Explorer, you'll find labour market information, including average wages and career change pathways, all in one place. Fill up your job toolkit today by visiting jobs.labormarketgroup.ca. Hey, it's Shauna and Hannah from Mac and Lily Hair downtown Pembroke. Check us out on Instagram at Mac and Lily Hair. Now, I want to hear more about the Women of Steel funding program that you secured funding for from the CWB Welding Foundation. So tell us more about this program and how it provides opportunities for women as they explore a career in welding. Well, that was fun. I really enjoyed doing that course. Uh, I, I like the, that women of all ages uh, came in. I was uh, had some ladies up in their 70s actually take the course, which I was pretty excited about. So we, which in turn told people or told myself, you're never too old to learn something new. And then I've had, I had people a little bit younger than me, but majority of them were around my age group, which was fun having that, uh, that age group to teach. And uh, just teaching them a new skill that, you know, that might, you know, most of them, just just want maybe a common ground with their husband or partner to work in the garage or to work in their shop or whatever. And I also had students actually want this as their first stepping stone to probably get into welders unions and actually make a career out of it. So I, I really enjoyed it because I, I like to see the diversity on how people want to use this skill. Yes. And it was really newsworthy too, because it was in the papers. Like it was a pretty big deal. Yes. Yes. And I, I filled up very quick. Like I had 10 spots and I probably had over 50 applications within 48 hours. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Well, good for you, Megan. That is definitely, like I said, that is definitely brag worthy as well. And what a great way, you know, to keep another little thing under your belt too. Oh, for sure. Yes. 
Now, you're a teacher at the Pontiac High School in Shawville, where you teach the welding program. Talk about a full circle moment, too, for you, eh? Yeah, back where I started. Yeah. So how long have you been teaching this program for? Uh, I've been on and off. I, I used to substitute since 2015. Uh, my father-in-law uh, used to actually teach the course. Um, so whenever he needed a day off for appointment or whatever else, I came in and substituted for him. And then I took over the program in 2019 or late 2018, I should say, um, uh, full time. So you're doing that Monday to Friday, full time with students. Yes. Good for you. Are you seeing more female students too, taking an interest in welding? Yeah. Um, I would say maybe about 20 years ago, it was about 20%. Uh, now there's a little bit of an increase, I would say maybe 30 to 40%, depending on the age group, but I definitely always have like, at least out of every class, I have at least three or four female students. I try to keep the class uh, a little bit smaller. So they get more one-on-one, -on -one, uh, training. So I usually have maybe 10 to 12 students in each group. So I would have, yeah, I would say about three or four female students in each group. What happened to you teaching during the pandemic, Megan? Like were you able to still teach or like, what did, like, were you doing it over zoom? Like, what did that look like? It was a little different, um, but the students got a lot of safety and uh, background stuff that usually like in a way I liked it because I don't usually take the time to do more theory. Like I'm, I'm a true believer. You learn by doing, and I like the pra practice of it. But during the pandemic, I had that opportunity where, Hey, you know what, this is stuff that I don't usually sit down and, teach in full detail and they got a lot of safety courses uh, of stuff they may be exposed to once they get out into the workforce they got a little bit of science behind it why the metals react the way they do and um and just like stuff that you know uh how would I say that stuff I wouldn't always take the full time with mm -hmm. I, I try to integrate the course that I took 20 years ago into the pandemic time. So I'm like, Hey, this is my opportunity to teach them the science, teach them the math and teach them the technical drawing parts of it instead of just the welding. And is this course mandatory for students to take, or is it an option? It's an option course. Wow. So that's really great that you are seeing more women entering it too, and that they're taking an interest in it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like we're actually expanding it right now. And, uh, before we used to do it in grade nine, 10 and 11, and in the last two years, we've opened it into our junior groups too. So now I'm teaching from grade seven to 11. So I have guys, little guys and girls uh, as young as 11 years old taking it. And why do you think it's important, Megan, to have a woman teaching this course? I think it just uh, teaches uh, the, it teaches everyone that anyone can do it. It doesn't matter if you're male, female or whatever. It just teaches, you know, a little bit of respect in the thing that, you know, the guys might go back and might have to have a, I guess, a situation in the future or something like that, where they can say, Hey, my welding teacher was a girl and she did great, you know, and just, you know, it just makes everyone feel equal. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Megan, you also secured funding with the SADC Pontiac as well. So can you kind of talk about the SADC and what made you want to go through their program? So uh, when, when uh, Bud and I, or Sebastian and I were um, uh, working for his dad in the structural steel company, they were greatly involved with the SADC uh, and the Chamber of Commerce and stuff like that. So I learned how, uh, how involved they are in the community and how they help, uh, help uh, businesses in the area. 
and um, we were looking to uh, buy uh, or expand on newer equipment because we were always repairing old stuff. So we figured, you know, maybe in the long run, it may be easier to make a payment on new equipment because we're paying anyways to fix the old stuff. So I reached out to them to see if uh, they would be able to help us um, fund the new equipment to be able to expand and provide services, more services to the clients we would like to provide that to. Well, I know that Amy had a great experience working with you as well, Megan, because she was actually the one that recommended me to reach out to you on my podcast and stuff. And she was like, Megan and, uh, and, and, uh, Bud are doing some great things. And she's like, she's got a really interesting business. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. So little plug to Amy at SADC Pontiac. And I uh, imagine that you would definitely recommend them as well to anybody looking for funding for their business. Exactly. Yeah. They're out there to help everyone and, and they're a great group to work with. So they help me with the logo design. They help me with the funding with the equipment and they're, they make it, they make the process very easy. Perfect. So if anyone's looking for more information on that SADC Pontiac, they are one of our sponsors. So be sure to check them out. Now, Megan, why should more women consider welding as a career? Um, I think it just gets you out there. It's, it's fun. Uh, you're able to, uh, depending on where you go and what you do, you're able to express yourself in creativity. Um, you get, you're able to see the world if you want. Uh, it has a lots of opportunities. Um, if you want to be more, you know, uh, more field work, more physically active, it's maybe something that you should look at instead of maybe if office work isn't your thing. And, um, I like it in the sense that like, like I said earlier in the, in our chat that I'm able to drive through Ottawa and Gatineau and be like, Hey, I built that. Hey, I, I did that. And just that, that sense of, you know, being proud, you know, of what you've been doing your whole yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. And what's one misconception, Megan, that you'd like to clear up about this industry? Um, It's not like uh, not dangerous. It's not uh, like if everything's followed like properly, you're you're okay. And uh, if you can work in an environment, uh, a fast paced environment, this is probably the best thing for you. Like it's it's fun. I really enjoy it. Well, I'm really glad that we did clear up the misconception about it being dangerous. And uh, as long, like we said, as long as you've got all the right protocols in place, then you're good to go. And and it's, and it's also an industry that's not going away ever because there's just, there's a constant need for it in in so many different capacities. Yes. It's in such high demand. And like, I teach my students, like I I make them aware of everything that can happen and stuff like that, but I don't want to scare them. Mm -hmm. I just want to make them aware. And if they do what, they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, everything will be fine. And one other thing too, that I read up on is that it pays well, it's a well-paying job. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At first you kind of have to get your feet under yourself, but if you keep at it and stuff, you can make a very good living at it. Oh, Megan. Well, this has been really fun, really informative. And I really appreciate you sharing with us all of your insights and, and your journey to, to becoming a welder and a business owner, and as well as a teacher, and you're doing some great work. So this has just been, just been great. Thank you. All right, Megan. But before we wrap this up, because we are not done yet, we are going to move into my rapid 10 questions. You do not know. Are you ready? Sure. All right. What does WPS stand for? Whip. I'm not, oh, you got me on that one. WPS. 
Welding procedure yeah. specifications. Welding procedure. Yes. I've seen that on our, uh, on our certifications. Yes. <laughs> you have a wide array of clients from diverse industries. Who's one of them. That's been a long time customer. Uh, I would say, uh, we have a couple customers right now in the city. Uh, Bruce Hodgins excavation. Uh, he's a local lad that uh, was raised on the Island and he now operates out of carp. Oh, all right. Yes. What are the different grades of steel? There's very many, very many grades of steel. So, uh, you can get AR 400, which is wear plates. You can get mild steel. You can get different cast steels. There's, there's a huge variety depending on what you want to do. This is an example of the type of work that you can do. And I believe that you guys have done this too. There's typically one of these in every family neighborhood. It's a kid-friendly activity and you go back and forth saying higher, higher as your parents push you. What is it? Swing set. Yes. And you guys have yes. built one, right? Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I'm like another example. Yeah. Why shouldn't you wear nylon clothing when welding? So using any synthetic material, uh, it can burn you. It turns to plastic and it sticks to the skin. Can steel be substituted for aluminum, aluminum in fabrication projects? Yes, but there is a different process and different engineering that has to be involved. I'm acting like I'm knowing what I'm talking about over here. <laughs> <laughs> Does B&M Custom Metal offer co-op opportunities for students? Not as of yet. Maybe some, maybe, maybe sometime someday. down the line. Yeah. Somewhere down the line. Yeah. How often should you apply oil on your custom pieces to prevent rust? Uh, never. Oh, <laughs> no. You want to, so lots of times you want to remove it by sandblasting because you want to prep it for painting and stuff. Um, the only time you would actually apply oil to it is when you're actually doing any cutting processing with drills or uh, any milling machines and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. What are the uses of sheet metal fabrication? Uh, lots of it automotive. Um, and then just custom little work, uh, maybe HVAC, depending if they can't get what they're, if something's custom made, they might, HVAC might reach out for you to make something custom for them. And Megan, what is one local boss babe that inspires you that you think everyone should know about and why? Oh, there's so many of them. There's so many that I went to school with. Um, name a few uh that i've been i know over the years uh lindsey hamilton is doing a great job down in queo um leah beardsley has her little uh her uh, toques and pom-pom thing and uh ginger fine has been greatly involved in uh in the chamber of commerce in the past and with her horse riding and stuff so there, there's so many women in this area that have like taken the bull by the horns and went with it. Like they, they've done great. Well, those are some great shout outs. And I love that you yeah. are bringing awareness to them, but let's bring it back to you, Megan. Tell everybody where they can find and follow B&M Custom Metals on social media and how they can work with you guys and maybe get a custom project in, in the works. So we have an account on Facebook. So uh, you can check us out on Facebook and send us a message through there. And also through Instagram, we have a, a, a page there too uh, that you guys can reach out to me. And uh, uh, within a day or so, I'll get back and uh, we can go from there with the information and stuff. Megan, um, we got to get pictures of you behind the scenes on social media too. Because I, I was looking, I'm like, wait, where's the boss babe here? Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not too... Uh, 
uh, photogenic, I guess I should say. Oh gosh, no, we got it. We want to see your face. We want to see you behind the scenes too. Maybe at some point. Some point, yes. yes. <laughs> Megan, thank you so, so much for being a part of OB Boss Babes. This has been great. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to learn more about more Pontiac babes that are, that are making moves in their industry. So well awesome. done. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of OB Boss Babes podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok. We are there as well. And uh, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another local Boss Babe in your community. So be sure to stay tuned and follow along so you never miss a beat.